subjects out there in our society that kind of stay in the shadows, especially if you're a Christ follower and you're trying to express what it means to follow Christ, there are are subjects that kind of aren't allowed. They're taboo any longer. And so where do you talk about them? How do you express them? How do you come back and figure out what God has to say about that, what the scriptures have to say about that? So this is what the series is going to be. You can't touch this. And it's these subject matters that are just uh, too hot to handle. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be breaking this down into probably four segments. We'll hit it for five or six weeks into the fall, then take a break and do a couple other things. And then in January, come back to it. I would encourage you, if you have any questions, if there's any subjects that you go, wow, I I really would like to know what to do about that in the world we live in, please uh, email, use a connected card, let me know. And who knows, maybe your subject, maybe your taboo subject uh, will be on the discussion for one of our uh, messages. So uh, another thing we're going to be doing, and it will happen next Sunday right after church, uh, we'll have a time called the Leftovers. And it won't be every single week, but every once in a while, right after church, there'll be leftovers. And we'll meet in the larger kids' zone, uh, kids' children's room. And for those of you who want to follow up the last couple messages, we'll sit around uh, and just talk about it. And I may have some answers for you. I may not have some answers for you right in that moment. But there's some subjects we can't, let's say, untie every single knot in a Sunday morning in a service. Uh, but we'll let you have an opportunity to share some of your questions, some of your concerns. How do you interact with that in the real world? Because, again, as we talk about these things, it's about interacting these in the real world. Uh, one of my concerns sometimes, I remember when I was a youth pastor, uh, we'd talk about a subject. And as we were finishing up, I would say, so how does this work like in high school tomorrow? And they kind of put their heads, at first they'd say, oh, yeah, we can do that. And then they go like, well, not really. I don't know how you would really do that. I go, well, then we need to tease this out a little bit more and talk about this. So as we're talking about these subjects, how do these show up in, in our real life? So, again, we'll uh, do leftovers every once in a while. If you get the pulse or you don't get the pulse, you've got to sign up for it. We'll let you know when that's happening. Uh, grab a, a cup of coffee and We'll have some granola bars or something so you're not totally starving. And uh, we'll you know, take maybe 45 minutes or whatever and just kind of unpack uh, what that all is about. So we're going to talk about stuff like gambling. We'll talk about alcohol. We'll talk about marijuana, mental health, abortion, divorce, alternative lifestyles, uh, the environment, immigration, COVID, all those kinds of things. And we'll unpack them and you can tell why I didn't want to do like that in 14 weeks straight or something you know I wanted some breaks in there Uh, but we'll try to unpack those things and talk about how real faith uh, meets us where we're at and uh, you know I just mentioned COVID Uh, some of you may have noticed I wasn't greeting out there and some of you will notice right after church I'm going to take off I've had a head cold and in this day and age what do you think oh I wonder if he's I wonder I've got it but I've taken two tests and I am got free of it, negative about it, but I just don't want to uh, have anyone catch my cold or, or whatever. So again, we're going to be unpacking this, uh, just too hot to touch. Uh, you can't touch this, and so we'll be doing this. Um, one of our main passages we're going to be looking at is uh, this for Paul, and uh, we'll read it together, or pull this up on the screen. I have the right to do anything you say, 
but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And so as we look at life, you know, those of us who have said yes to Christ, there are definitely freedoms in Christ. There's grace. Um, there's not all this black and white rules. There's some things that are permissible. And uh, the question is, is whether they're beneficial for my life. And so when we dive into these subjects, some of the things that uh, we grew up hearing, uh, very traditional views, uh, might not be fitting with really what Scripture says. And then uh, there might be some things where we need to really clamp down on because we've kind of gone off the rails a little bit. So again, we'll be unpacking this. Now, when we think about the Scriptures and we think about the Bible, there are definitely passages in the Scriptures that uh, I'll be first to say I don't completely understand. I don't completely get. Um, like, for example, uh, um, the one in the Older Testament where it talks about, you know, if you have a rebellious kid, bring them to the city of the gates, and then have the elders throw stones at them until they're gone. Well, you know, what do you do with that today? I mean, I was definitely rebellious, and if my dad and mom had done that, uh, I wouldn't be here in front of you today. I would have been long gone under a pile of rocks somewhere a few times. So, so there are those passages that uh, you don't really understand, but a lot of times we'll say, well, because of this, because of that, you throw the whole thing out. That just, doesn't, that just means you don't understand it. Um, that great theologian, Mark Twain, said this, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me, it's the parts that I do understand. So being a little sarcastic, I would say in my, at least in my own life, if I looked at all the parts of the Bible that I do understand, I do get, if I looked at those parts, once I've finished applying all those parts to my life, then I can go to those other confusing parts. But quite frankly, I'm still trying to incorporate those ideas and those concepts in my life. I'm trying to align my life with what uh, what uh, God would want me to line. And that takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of walking with him. So I can't say, well, what about this? And then I kind of throw everything out. And sometimes even in these hot topics we're going to talk about, someone will bring up like one little thing, which is accurate, but it's like 0 .03 of the problem. And they'll say, well, what about this? And then you say, well, that's only 0 .03. There's also this 99.7 is all over here. So you can't ignore that just because of that. There are exceptions uh, to the rules. Uh, some of you remember George Burns? A lot of us don't because he was ancient. He was a comedian. He was like a cigar-smoking, whiskey-drinking guy who was all, but he like lived to, he was like 102 years old. I don't know. He lived for a long time. And so when I look at his health uh, practices, I can't say, well, I'm going to do all this stuff because what about George Burns? No, he's like the exception the rule. So you got to take that with a grain of salt as, as we unpack this all together and we look at this. So again, this idea, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have to do, I, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And again, coming out of under the law, Paul was Jewish and was a scribe, and so he knew all of that. So trying to figure out what under this law, under this new reality of grace, what applies, what doesn't apply. Again, you look at the Old Testament, there's a lot of ceremonial law, and that changed, and then there's a lot of things that transcend time.
go right through the Older Testament into the Newer Testament. And so just uh, trying to figure that out. And then also trying to be honest, honest with ourselves. Uh, you know, we could, you know, we've got to really look at it and say, what is beneficial? What is helpful for others and what should we do? Well, in our day in society, it is so, so hard because we've got so many things coming at us to really start to figure this out. We really need to slow down and think. If you're just running through life and in the rhythm of everything that's going on and don't pull back regularly, you just get swept away by all this. So, for example, there's just too many activities calling for your commitment. Uh, there's just too much stuff out there. And because there's so much stuff, it can just keep you distracted. And there can be good stuff. And uh, I'm not even talking about stuff that's really counterproductive. But there's just too many good things calling for your attention. So you've got to wrestle through all of that. Also, you know, there's important choices to make every day. Uh, sometimes you and I just feel exhausted. There's one more decision. Uh, sometimes when Cindy uh, will text me with a question and it's, got a little, it's a little complex and I'm just like, Cindy, just tell me, do you want me to do it or don't you want me to do it? Where am I supposed to do, show up? Don't, you know, no, I don't need all the details. Just yes or no, be there, what time? I'm just so, you know, there's so much stuff coming at us. So we've got a lot of things coming at us. Um, this source of information is coming at you so many directions. Uh, uh, we've talked about this before, but just trying to sort through the news. And uh, you, you favor one news outlet, and you don't favor another, but then when you compare them, it seems like they live on different planets. And I hate to say this, all sides of the news information passing out, getting it out there, are tainted a little bit. Just watch it, and you'll see, you'll see. There's not, it's, it's, you've got to really be a thinking person to kind of figure that all out. Obviously, voices shouting for your attention everywhere you go. Uh, things you want and can have, uh, just because you can buy it and have it and own it and do it doesn't necessarily mean you should. Uh, there's just, again, for most of us, there's just too many opportunities. Uh, you know, most of us are... Uh, you know, we wouldn't consider ourselves wealthy, but but we can get basically what we want for the most part. And uh, sometimes you get into a situation where you can afford it. It's okay. It's right. It's a great hobby. But uh, do you really should you have that? And it plays into all these areas of trying to figure out uh, what to do with these hot areas. Um, also, uh, people telling you um, what's important, uh, you know, and what you really should hold on to. Uh, there's also the entertaining entertainments, you know, how much, how much entertainment do you need? How much entertainment do I need? Do I need a moving, moving engaging, uh, you know, check my brain out television show every day? Do I need two hours of that? Do I need three hours of that? Where, where do I stop? I mean, there's just so much entertaining, entertaining. And uh, also there's tempting temptations. Then there's the things we definitely know are counterproductive. We might even call them sin. They're out of alignment with God's will, what's good for us, what he wants in our life. But it's really, really tempting. And then just things that we need to function well. There's just all kinds of extra layers. Uh, you know, 50 years ago, you didn't have to deal with did your internet work or not. You know, you come home and it's going slow and you go, what's wrong with it? And I need it because I got all these devices running off it. Do I unplug it? Do I call them? And if I call them, I'm on the, you know, on the telephone for two hours with them. And you're like, who, no one had to deal with those kinds of things. 
you know, a, a bunch of years ago. So there's all these things that muddy the waters, and so how do we sort through all that? And, uh, and that, that's what we're going to be talking about slowly but surely. You see, our choices should, not, should be our friend and not our undoing. Our choices actually should be our, you and I have lots of choices, but a lot of times it is really what undoes us. There's just too many choices, and so there's too many opinions. So when it comes to all these ideas, uh, there's, just, there's just too much, and it, 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 help, it causes us to make poor decisions rather than good decisions. All the way back in the Older Testament, when Moses was on the scene, uh, he says to the Israelites, he says this, I have set before you life or death, blessing or curse. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your children might live. Live well is the implication. Choose to love the Lord your God and to obey him and to cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. Then you'll be able to safely or live safely in the land the Lord has promised. And really there's that, there's that big choice. Yes to God, no to God. And that might start a relationship with him, but that choice reflects itself on a daily basis, sometimes an hourly basis, sometimes 15-minute increments. We're deciding, are we choosing life following God? Or are we choosing death, a dead-end kind of life? And so choices are in front of us, and what do we do with them, and how do we navigate them? When we choose God, when we work through the hard work of integrating, following him, and growing in our relationship with him, we'll find that there is a, a fullness to life, a, a peace to life, and that is the land that the Lord has promised. In the Older Testament days, it was an actual land. Today, the application for that is you and I can live in the promised land that God has for us. In other words, you and I can live the best life possible. doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. doesn't mean we're not going to have any problems. But you and I can live in the best life possible with the promise of eternity, with the promise of walking with God when we choose to say yes to Christ. Uh, some of us are very familiar with the prodigal son, uh, the son that uh, chose to go his own way. His father said, you know, I'm not going to force you to, to live the way I would intend you to live. And the son's younger son says, I want my inheritance now. And his father complies, and he takes his inheritance and goes off and just squanders it, wastes it in, in crazy living. Not even not smart living, just this crazy stuff. And then he gets to this place where we read, after he had spent everything he had, there was a terrible famine through the country. He was hungry and needed money. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, I am dying of hunger. And if you read on, he talks about how his father's servants at least have something to eat. And if we're quite honest with us, some of us today are dying for hunger. And it's not food, it's spiritual food. And it's because we're kind of spending our lives in ways that just are not helpful, are, are, are really in opposed to what God would have us to do. And we're dying of hunger. And so that can be a good thing because it can create in us an appetite for spiritual things. 
when I look at my life and I feel like I've hit rock bottom, that's a good thing. Because then it reminds me that I can look up and look to God. And he wants to step in just like that father of that prodigal son. And he sees me coming towards him. As I'm walking in that direction, the father is running towards me. He's not saying, I told you so. He's not, he's not shaming us. He, he embraces us. So as we look at all these subjects that are too hot to handle, that society says they need to stay in the shadows, you really can't talk about them, they're not politically correct, you and I as Christ followers can have a decision about those even when they do go counter-cultural. And if you're just trying to figure out who God is and how he fits into your life, this is a great series because you can start to see start to see what God offers you. And again, what's wonderful about God, he doesn't force himself on you. Doesn't force himself on you. It's an option. It's, it's a choice. So as we continue on, we need to see that uh, the reality is, even though we have these choices, not everything is a choice. When you and I are biblical people, and when I say that, I'm saying people who want to follow the scriptures, the word of God, who understand that some of it is, is allegory, some of it's this, we, we understand all of that. Uh, we understand passages like I referred to in the early that we don't understand that. We just got done talking about uh, the book of Revelation, the letter of Revelation, and we talked about specific things and left some of the interpretation passages, which is a lot just out there, and I explained how you could go about trying to figure out what that means, but I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it's, it's educated guesswork, and that's great and everything. But uh, we go back and we look at the scriptures and we realize that not everything is a choice. I'm, I've talked about this maybe five or six years ago uh, about the idea that we have a, a, a matrix, a grid to think through when we're looking at life and we're looking at all these, these subjects. And the first thing we need to ask ourselves, is this a command? When you and I are looking at our life and looking at what's on the forefront, on the horizon, we need to see if this is a thou shall not or thou shall. And there are a lot of things in Scripture, a lot of things in life that are thou shall nots or thou shall. You should love God, love others. That's something you don't have to, that's a command. There's no, there's no uh, wiggle room in that. There's, there's, that. That is where the answer is in that. Um, the, another thing you need to be faithful to your spouse. That, that's a command. You don't. There's no wiggle room in that. There's no. There's no room for that. And uh, you and I, as Christ followers, need to really be careful how we look at and be honest. What is commands and what are not commands? And uh, Joshua talks about this when they're getting ready to go into the promised land. Uh, the Israelites be very careful to obey all the Lord's commands and instructions that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, obey his commands, embrace him, serve him with everything you are and have. In the Newer Testament, there's a passage that talks about the Lord's commands are not burdensome. Why? Because when you embrace God and love God, you like following his lead. You like pleasing him. It's not to earn his love. You already have his love, but you want to please him. And so there are certain things that are commands. And I said already, there, there's no wiggle room in these areas. There's no, well, maybe, maybe. No, no. it's just, it's, it's black and white. And there's a boatload of them, of things that you and I can't wiggle on. 
In Romans, we read, the law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse. Don't take someone else's life. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't always be wanting what you don't have. And any other don't you can think of, there are commands. And you don't have to pray about it. You just, you, you may have to pray, have my heart follow that command. But you don't have to pray about it, wonder about it. It is pretty clear. Then there's another area called conviction. So when we're thinking about God and we're thinking about our life and we're thinking about following him, we start off with the idea of commands and then conviction. I like to define a conviction as this. A conviction is a strong belief or persuasion. It is clear belief that comes from the scripture, which might include some interpretation. So, for example, we would say a conviction for us is that you um, can't earn your way to God. His, his love is grace. That, that's a conviction of us. That if you can't, if you can't earn your way to God, you can't earn your way to God. So if you've placed your trust in Christ, you don't lose your salvation. There's an assurance of salvation. That would be a conviction of ours. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Um, uh, we, when we do a baptism here, we, we do immersion. That, that's a conviction of ours. We look at the scriptures, and it seems like when you baptize someone as a believer, you put them all the way under the water, and you pull them out of the water. Uh, you know, and there's passages that, that allude to that theme pretty solid, and those are uh, convictions. So when you look at life, you look at commandments, and then you look at convictions. Uh, the Lord Jesus has given me the knowledge and conviction that no food is unacceptable in of itself. And we were to dive into this. And we'll dive into this when we look at some other subjects. This whole idea when Paul in 1 Corinthians talks about what kind of food you could eat, not eat, sacrifice to idols and all this kind of thing. There, there's, there's some conviction in there going on. And so there's convictions. And again, we're going to be unpacking this more as we move along. When the message we preach came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened in you. The Holy Spirit put steel in your convictions and sometimes people say why are there so many different kinds of churches uh, different flavors all this kind of thing some of that is there's different convictions and uh, they're not commandments but very close and uh, that you you say wow that that is a conviction and that's something that is core to my faith core into the way I live then there's also this other area called conscience matter of conscience and matter of conscience is a question uh, of practice and behavior which the bible doesn't explicitly address and there's all kinds of matters of conscience and does not completely come out and express you can figure it out and it's a matter of conscience so even in this church family we can have people with different matters of conscience so your view on alcohol, your view on entertainment. Your, some of us have views on how we educate our children, and it's just not a choice. It's a matter of conscience. And, and it, it's, it's firm to us. It's clear to us. Um, 
the Bible doesn't explicitly address it. We, we could look at a passage to talk about your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to take care of our bodies, and that has all kinds of matters of conscience. And what's interesting about matters of conscience is you and I can't superimpose a matter of conscience on another Christ follower. So I might have a matter of conscience that's different than yours, and I don't expect you to live that way. I, I don't, I'm not bashful about it. I'm not argumentative about it. But this is something that comes to me as a matter of conscience. So I remember when the girls were young, and, uh, you know, they were in church and, you know, visiting different families. The girls would sleep over somebody else's house, and they would discover that another family did something different than we did. When they would come home and go, I don't, can't believe the Jones did. But I said, that is a matter of conscience. The Spencers don't do that or the Spencers do do that, but that is actually not wrong. That's something they've decided is okay or not okay. We've decided something else that it's not okay. So you cannot judge them. You cannot throw your matter of conscience on them. You, you, you just can't do that. So when you do that, you're being legalistic. Matters of conscience is for you. You can hold on to it tightly. Uh, you can embrace it, but you can't superimpose it on somebody else. One person thinks that some days should be set aside as holy, and another thinks that each day is pretty much like any other. There are good reasons either way, so each person is free to follow the convictions of conscience. And I'll tell you this, if you're going to follow the conviction of conscience, you ought to be always moving towards God in your relationship with him so you realize that your conscience is being shaped by God in your life, not being shaped by what you want. I don't know about you, but I, 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 can, I can play games in my heart. I can play games in my heart, and I can make something seem like it's a good idea when it really isn't a good idea. And so I want to be walking close to God so the Holy Spirit doesn't make me feel guilty, but so that the Holy Spirit convicts me. And he enhances my matter of conscience. So I know my matter of conscience is being shaped by him. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go along. And then there's these ideas of conjecture. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a decision. Uh, the question is not um, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, the question is, is it wise? And so sometimes we need to approach something not right or wrong. It, it doesn't, it's not a commandment. It's not a conviction. It might not even be a matter of conscience, but is it the wise thing to do? In Ephesians, we read, so be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. We talk about this a lot. Evil times is referring to the idea that time is evil in the sense that it runs out. Um, so they're evil. They're short. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. So conjecture. Um, it could be something as simple as, do you lease a car or do you buy a car? Uh, do you move here, move there? Do you, th those kinds of things where, where, it's, where it's wisdom. Uh, do I jump right into to college right after I got out of high school? Do I take a, year, a gap year? 
What do you do? do you, it's, it's wisdom. Is it a wise thing to do or an unwise thing to do? It's not right or wrong. And, and a lot of times you'll see other people doing all kinds of other things, and it's a little confusing. You go, they're a Christian. I need to follow their lead. No, this is an area of conjecture. It's an area of wisdom. So you need to look at your life, look at your relationship with God, and use wisdom. You need to be careful. You need to be wise. Um, you know, do I, you know, do I do a 20-year mortgage, a 30-year mortgage, a 10-year mortgage? Do I do this? Do I do that? Th- th- those are those are wisdom. Those are conjecture. But what's funny, or actually not really funny, that sometimes Christians are more divisive about conjecture than commandment, convictions, maybe a little ma- uh, matters of conscience, and, and and they get really worked up about conjecture when that's really your call. I can't again superimpose my conjecture on you i can say i don't know if that's a wise thing to do great thing to do but 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 that's 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 more analyzing that's more wise unwise and then lastly there's the area of choices you know do i get strawberry ice cream or do i get coffee ice cream you know there's you know do i buy that red shirt blue shirt sleep in tomorrow well no that could be a matter of conscience does do i sleep in do i not sleep in you know these these are just choices and so you know do i get this carpet that carpet do i you know all this kind of thing and 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 that's okay um we read uh when uh, paul is writing to the church of corinth he says this all things are allowed you say again that same passage just said a different way but not all things are good all things are allowed but some things don't help anyone Try to do what is good for others, not just what is good for yourself. So, again, choices. So when you and I are looking at all the things coming at us uh, from inside the church, outside the church, all these kinds of places, we need to take our life, and we shouldn't do this on the fly. We should actually spend some time thinking about it. We have to ask ourselves, is this a commandment? Is this a conviction? Is this a matter of conscience? Is this conjecture, wise or not wise? Or is this a choice? And so I want to give you two ideas of living well with your choices, and then next week we'll do five more. Because we're going to set, again, a matrix for looking at all these hot topics, all these too hot to touch, too hot to handle, and uh, we want to start having a way to think through them, not let the emotion of the item uh, dictate our response. We want to... We want it to be a biblical, well-thought-out response. So first of all is choices. And when I say choices, I mean all of you know, these ideas. These choices are to be leveraged. So when you and I think about a choice in our life, even think about a, a conjecture, matter of conscience, again, conviction, commandment, they're pretty locked in, but they're to be leveraged. We're gonna, we want to make them work for our life. We want to be wise with our life. We want to spend our life wisely. And back to that Ephesians 5.15 passage again. We want to be careful with how we live. Uh, we want to uh, leverage them. We want to see how our choices affect tomorrow, the next day, the next decade. And sometimes we think, well, I don't want to. I don't want to sacrifice. We need to realize that any time you and I sacrifice something today or next week, it's actually an investment in the future. It's not. It's not holding us back. It's not hurting us. It's actually a benefit. You have the choices, so you want to look at how to leverage that. 
looking at one way you could say anything goes again, but because of God's immense generosity and grace, we don't have to dissect and scrutinize every action to see if it passed muster, but the point is not to just get by. So you see the tension in that? It's not just to get by, but it's not to be agonizing over every decision. Somewhere in there, there's a happy medium. And again, I'm going to come back to the default. If you're investing in your relationship with God, if you're spending, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw out a number again. This is, this is a, a matter of conscience. If you're spending 15, you ought to be spending 15 minutes with the Lord every day, shutting the world out, getting some scripture, and just starting there, spending some time with him so that you know if this needs a lot of time when it comes to a decision or you can just move along. Uh, but again, it's just not about getting by. It's just not, you know, making it. It's about leveraging your choices so they work for you for the long term. Also, choices are to benefit others. So when you and I think about our choices in life, uh, sometimes we think, well, just ourselves. But we need to ask, how does this benefit others? How does this benefit my spouse? How does this benefit my future spouse? Uh, this isn't original with me, but, uh, you know, I've, I've shared this with a couple people, and I, I kind of bite my teeth when I'm, I really don't want to say it, but I feel I need to say it. You, you know, you need to become the person the person you want would want. So if you're waiting for this person to appear before you and then you're going to adjust your life so they would actually be attracted to you and like you, that, that, that's the, too late to the game. You ought to be becoming the person that they would want. So you look at your life and go, oh, I'd like uh, this person to be spiritually in line. I want this person to be a Christian. I want them to be a solid Christian. Then you ought to become a solid Christian yourself because that person's only going to be attracted to another solid Christian. It, it just doesn't work the other way. So, so you need to be becoming the person you are. So choices don't only benefit you, but they benefit those around you. So how do your choices benefit someday your marriage partner? How do your choices benefit your family? How do your choices benefit your society? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get into this. We'll get into this when we talk about environment. But, you know, do I recycle or don't I recycle? You know, does, that, does it have any implication on anything? Should I care, care anything about the planet? Should I care a little bit about the planet? Should I care all about the planet? I, I don't, you know, you've got to figure out how do these things benefit other people? Um, choices are to benefit others. We want to win, live well, but our foremost effort should be to help others live well. And I tell you, that, that's hard. In other words, that's saying don't be selfish with your choices. Ooh, I didn't like it said that way. So when I make a choice, am I being selfish? Am I being Dave-centric? Am I being Cindy-centered? Am I being Mariah-centered? Am I being my parents-centered? Because we all live in the same house. Or is it for me? My choices need to be, to be designed to benefit others. So we're just getting started in all of this. Again, next Sunday, right after church, we'll do one of those leftovers. Next week, we'll talk about five other ways to um, look at our decision-making process in the sense of when it comes to the matrix of looking at all these um, hot topics. But for now, I want to leave you with this thought. You are free to choose, but you're not free of choice. 
In other words, your choices are going to continue to affect your life. So you're free to choose whatever, but you're going to live in light of those choices. Would you pray with me? Grace Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you that uh, you don't leave us just hanging out there, uh, that you want to be a part of our lives. Uh, sometimes I wonder why you want to be a part of my life. But you want to be a part. You want to be that father that uh, sees the son coming back and runs to him. And, Father, some of us in this room need to start running towards you and find that you are already running towards us. Uh, some of us need to say yes to you for the first time. Some of us need to get in the habit of saying yes to you daily. So we're with wherever we're at, we ask that we would take our next steps. We live in a crazy world. We sang about it, a broken world, a hurting world. And when you help us to live well within our place, not only is it good for us, but it's good for those around us. And we want to be good for the people around us. Thank you, Jesus. We ask all this in your name.